I'm there. What? I'm there. How are you doing? You're in the booth. I'm in the booth. You're in the booth. This is going to be a classy time. It is? First, we have Baby Bear here. First question. What's the name of the podcast? F Gravity. <laughs> <laughs> it's called F Gravity. <laughs> We're not testing on today's podcast. You joined, you, you've joined the list of people who don't know the name of the podcast. No. <laughs> I thought we were calling it. No. The name of the, I thought you said that was the, the name of the The general show has a name. I'll say I'm sorry. So what is it? <laughs> yes, we have another. List all the people who what? failed. Why are you? What's the, what's the name of the Welcome, welcome to another episode of the podcast that has no name because Jen forgot it. No, we're playing. We're in the identity booth. We're in the identity booth. And we have a celebrity in the house. Now, you guys might know her as the electrifying geneticist of the millennia. (laughs) Or you might know her as the two HBCU going lovely educated woman alright I do love HBCU yeah you do but she's my friend so she's your friend okay so we gonna give it up for our mama bear mama Jen, bear in the house and in the house of the booth like this has really been a production uh she she made the sign she uh got her bear she got everything look how gorgeous she looks for y'all like she got the red on y'all know something's up but we are in the booth today, and it's because I'm leaving soon. Like, if you're watching this, I'm already gone. So, like, when this comes, this is going to be coming out, like, a while from now. Great. So, Great. you got time to brace people in Great. case something Great. tragic happens. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but how you doing, Jen? What's I'm going on? I'm great. I'm great. Glad to be here. Damn. Got baby bear here. Yeah. Bear family all together. All together. We, this is a good time coming because, like, I think about, like, people, like, people don't want to watch my podcast, but they definitely want to come on it. So okay. I'm happy to, like, get, like, Jen's famous. Y'all don't know. She's famous. She has so many friends. So, like, if this is the, is this, if this is my launching off point, I have Jen to thank for that. But, like, most things in life, I have Jen to thank for a lot of things. Like, let's be real. Jen has gotten me to, through college when I went to go play in the NFL. She got me through college. She was able to get me uh through across over that stage. And that's not fair. Kishara was Kishara was the one I bugged the most. Kishara held it down. Kishara held, Kishara it, down. held it down. She was the one I bothered the most. But Jen was definitely like number two. Like, yo, Jen, I don't know the answer to six. And I'm <laughs> <laughs> and I'm one question away from failing. So well, what's, away. The, what's the answer? And Jen would come through we for did me. Clown in uh chemistry. Oh, Biochem. Me, Biochem. Me, you, Kishara. Stevie O.D., Ooh. Whitney. Oh, man. The Cam Crew. The Cam Crew. We Plus. was in there. All right. So we got to go over some basic rules. Like, let's okay. let's go over some basic rules of the podcast. Okay. Rule number one, you can't, no, don't name names unless they've been on the podcast. Oh, unless they've been on the podcast. Or they're never going to watch the podcast. The rest of this is like, I'm good then. We will never name names again. <laughs> We're going to copy with A, B, C, D. Great. Because I was like, I'm not answering some of your questions okay. because I felt like names had to be. No, for okay, sure. Right. For sure. Second thing is we don't name locations. And then third and final thing. 
Like locate the people don't know where you are now or like where things took place. Where things took place. Oh, so we gotta be real discreet. Yeah, because, the show. Yeah, because you know, we mess around. We me and you low key know some semi professional motherfuckers. We, 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 we are some semi professional motherfuckers, you. so we gotta be careful. Okay, great. And Jenna's informed me that she doesn't want to be caught cursing, thus the blurb on the board. But you know, I it's probably a lie. I'm going to bleep her her stuff. I'm gonna try. Y'all know I don't edit this down like I do my other videos, but I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure she is seen in her most pristine form. She deserves it. She knows it. And I'm probably gonna cuss, so here we are. What's in the cup? Coffee. <laughs> we don't we're not sponsored. Coffee. We're not, not sponsored. Coffee. Uh and then the final one is we don't talk about what we eat. Huh? It's a rule my mom made, so so I can't tell you about a creative dish or I can't say that I'm vegan. I mean, on Tuesdays, like, what is the like? It, I guess, like, for her, it's like she had just finished eating something, and I told everybody what she ate, and she was like, "Why'd you tell people what I ate?" Because that's ghetto. It is. Yeah, like you putting people in her stomach. Okay. In her colon, people that, don't want to know that. Okay, that's the rule. But if you feel free to break the rule, Mom, Mama okay. Bear ain't going. Mama Bear, you allowed to do whatever you want on the podcast. Almost anything. Yeah. You can't let her get too crazy. But we're gonna be doing a little bit of Q and A, you know. Uh, you're doing some some phenomenal things with some very young, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed visuals. Who like? It's so important that they get to see people like us doing it—the people with the locks, the natural hair, that dress like them, talk like them, and do the walk. Because like a lot of people don't believe the hype until it's in their face, and by then it's already too late. So. I can only speak about how many people I wish I knew like me that would have told me something like when I was getting ready to play football, like, hey, you're only made to play for three years, but you need to work on this. Or instead of you wasting time doing this, making good money or whatever, hey, get this done so that you can be on your way. But you've already acclimated yourself and started doing that. So just with a brief rundown, just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, and why you're doing it. You make me sound like so cool. I you are that. so cool. Like, <laughs> I'm here to gas you up. Come on, gas. Um, so, hi, everyone. I'm Jennifer Caldwell. Uh, I don't know. I'm a lot of things to a lot of different people, but, you know, I guess you want to know about the genetics work and the things. I want to know anything you want to tell us. Okay. So, uh, I'm a Howard graduate student, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. That's the location. I can't say that. Uh, you already fucking up rules. Damn, but go I'm ahead. fucking up rules. <laughs> but that's what the school is. So oh, I said fuck. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we three for three, baby. Yeah. Anyway, yo, I do genetics. I teach students. Uh, I'm interested in chronic diseases and African um, American culture and history and the African diaspora in general, culture, health, ancestry. Those are my things. Very black all the time. Uh, I, like don't worry about being I don't know. I, I mean, you know, we're, this is a Q&A, so you're supposed to be asking me questions. Okay. Are you done with your Yeah. Uh, they know now. You like to dance? You like genetics? You yeah. like looking at research? You and generally like to help black, black people. That's good to know. And on top of all that and the things that you've like come across so far, what has been like the most challenging part up until this point? Because like you're here. Living in DC ain't an easy gig. So how is this uh venture that you decided this trajectory you decided to take, how has this made you tougher? How is this wavering in your eyes? Like Yeah, so DC is very different than where I grew up. Um grew up in a very small place. Um 
but it launched me to be able to deal with DC. I will say, you know, where we grew up was, or where I grew up was very rough in a lot of ways. (laughs) Um, And they were serious about education. They were serious about STEM education and um, creating your own path, you know, whether it be research or science or industry or um, professional, like medicine or dentistry. They were really serious about uh, instilling that in us. And, and and brag real quick. How many degrees you got now? Stop. How many brag? How many degrees you got? I think this is going to be on fourth one. So let for all people keep a record, because a lot of people look at me like, "Damn, heroes and shit." I only have two. Jen got four. You are the shit, though. No, 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 no. I talk a lot of shit. <laughs> Jen got four. Like, you still single, right? I am still single. You hear that, fellas? <laughs> Jump on it. <laughs> Let's do it. Just send the DMs to me that come to you. No, but it, it will. It will. I, I, there's some. There's some guys. Hey, you should. You know, you should have came to my birthday party. There was some other uh, bachelors out really? there. Chicago, man. I'm trying to come. You should come through, man. You know, I got the kick off there. You, you know, you got to send it. Mama let you in there. Yeah, ready. ready. Uh, so you have accomplished all of these things. Like you got four degrees. Mm-hmm. Now you brought up STEM, and I know. I was in STEM with you for a while, I and then I had to take a trajectory. How important is it for STEM to be something that me, people like me and you, look like people that look like us are doing? Like, what is the consequences of people not being involved in STEM? That's actually very interesting because yesterday we were giving a talk about uh, interdisciplinary research and interdisciplinary teaching methods in STEM. And a little bit of the literature, I don't want to bore you all with that type of talk, but a little bit of the literature suggests that um, black people don't want to do STEM. Or um, if there are, what, 16% of Asians in um, being engineers, Mm -hmm. but there's only 6% Asians in the country. Yeah. And then when it comes to, you know, African-Americans and blacks in general, it's like, what, we're 13% of the total population and mm-hmm. then less than 6% in STEM. Okay. So I think that it's like um, more than one way to skin a cat here. So it's definitely our secondary education and primary education um, and maybe the imposter syndrome or um, not having adequate resources or the facilitators of STEM not always looking like you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get in the classroom, when you get to the collegiate level, it's, it's the other things that matter. Like you have to work and be in school and that's mm-hmm. sometimes hard in STEM or I have to play football or be in the band and that's sometimes difficult in STEM as well. So it's not the ability to understand the material. I mean, we did invent the material. So it's not that we cannot understand the material. It's um, the ramifications and the constraints that we have to deal with here today that kind of uh, facilitate a downward spiral. And I mean, you, you hit that nail hard. I'm serious about it. It's, 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 it's pretty interesting because you always, I, I, saw, I said this a while back, like you only see uh, black kids being celebrated in the collegiate level for one or two things, graduating or sports. Yep. It's never that they came out with this major research paper or one of my favorite things that I always see that always irritates me. They'll put up the picture of a kid who found, who got into 1700 colleges at age of 17. No name, no location, no, no trials and tribulations. It's just the fame and fortune. We are a group of people who are easily seen. So I think we're invited to fame Mm -hmm. before we try and get to wealth. Mm -hmm. Like we gravitate to fame before we gravitate to wealth and there's a 
wealth can be acquired through knowledge or your surroundings and your environment dictates that. So I think that's really important to have people, once again, that look like us, that are trying to reach out and grab people. You're doing a way better job of it than me. <laughs> you thought the camera didn't see? I did, I thought it was like out of frame. <laughs> no, everything you see, I see. Yeah, we putting it all together. So now let's dive a little bit into your social life. What, what don't you want to talk about? We can talk about it. Oh, really? Maybe. Oh, yeah, that's a good save right there. I was about to, I was about to dive in. You, you are coming from what I like. I call Pine Bluff. Okay, so let's talk about Pine Bluff just for a split second because I think it's the the eighth marvel of the world because of the just the weird <laughs> things that happen there. Now, hear me out. This is a place that has some extremely famous people from there. Extremely gifted and talented people have come from this this small little town, and it's like it's weird. It's a really weird place, but that is a place that I I could be on corner of 79th and King Drive in Chicago, and I feel way safer in Pine Bluff than I'd ever feel in Chicago. And it's by default because I've met so many people that shaped that my identity, like the person I am today is attributed to a lot of the people that I met in Pine Bluff. So, like, you have come out of there and you've sort of, like, taken, the, the, I mean, the biggest leaps necessary. Like, you're in the, the mecca of anything going on in yes. this country right now. So, that transition, how has that been working for you? Because, like, you're an extremely successful person. Black women who are extremely successful, especially given the rate that black women are outperforming black men now, by almost 23% in the corporate America world. How has that like impacted your your current status, your social life? <laughs> My social it's interesting. <laughs> so being I from- came with these questions. <laughs> <laughs> so Palm Bluff, I love Palm Bluff. The bluff where it's rough, the high, you know, getting the shark's chicken and fish. I mean Ocean baby. Isha sauce, baby. Ooh, I got some. Aisha sauce. UAP be homecomings and a turkey leg. I mean there's Listen, there's so much to love about home, for sure. And I think uh, growing up in a small place, you have to know everybody. You know, you're being a little congenial with everyone. Mm-hmm. You learn how to deal with people because um, word travels and perception and reputation and things like that matter. So I think like learning those superficial things, but they also matter, right? But mm-hmm. learning those things really well really helped me when I got to D.C. Because DC is very transient, right? Yeah. There's a lot of people you gotta learn, a lot of um, cultures you have to learn, and it just it kind of um, developed to where I was able to cultivate good relationships with people just because I tried to have good relationships back home. And so I think, but on a social level, mm-hmm. I think it's the same. Really? Yeah, I, I think. I mean, minus like all your friends. Like, how do you deal with that? Like, yeah, it's weird. Like. I have talked to uh, people all the time that said, like, I'm not friends with people I went to elementary school with. And so my, not maybe my elementary school friends, because I went to private school at first, but my high school friends, (laughs) my public school high school friends, (laughs) my college friends, they are my besties. Those are the people I grew up with, you know? So full disclosure, full disclosure, like... your the definition of friends has to be taken into context when you're talking about adult friends. Yes. Adult friends. Adult friends. Adult friends don't kick it with you every week. Adult okay. friends probably don't even call you every week. Mm-hmm. Real talk, me and Jen probably spoke before the other night, probably 
before homecoming? It's been like a while. So a month at least. Yeah. But here she like we literally planned this in less than twenty four hours. But that is what an adult friend an adult is. Friend, yeah. Adult friends come into the and I'm not gonna be like, oh, Jim didn't think about me when she went out. That's not what I'm here for. Like, I'm here for really just context of like growing points and standing points. Like, yeah. these are connections that you make. Like, if there's a, she ever has a student who's an athlete and wants to be in science, she's like, I know someone who did that already. Hero, I need you to speak on this. Mm-hmm. If I ever need somebody who's in sorority life, who did band life, who has context about everything, go ahead and say it. Cause you, we've had a lot. Go ahead and say, no. say it. You said no name dropping. The people gotta find me on social media. Oh, uh, you gonna drop, you gonna plug your social media? No. How they gonna find you? You know I'm gonna put you in. <laughs> it's right here on her forehead. <laughs> All her forehead right now is gonna be suffering. To go find her. Don't do it. But it is so like you. These are friends. These are legitimately friends you have for life. Yeah, and they're there with a purpose. And I always say that to people. Like I date with a purpose. I make money with a purpose. I talk to people with a purpose. It's just there's nothing. There's no like friendly part about it. Like you need to be doing something else. Ex- extensively for me in order for you to be remain in my circle. And if you're not in my circle, it's not because, oh, I don't have anything to say. Like, Jen's been in my house. She's seen how I do this motherfucker. Is. I'm, I'm moving, so it's really rough right now. But, like, if anybody ever had an issue, yeah, you can come crash here. It's not a problem. Yeah. It like you, you, your friends as an adult are almost like fail safes. They're they're blanketed reassurances for mm-hmm. you while you go through life and you're trying to make it. And you got to use them. You got to make sure that they know that they're being valued and appreciated. It's not just oh, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. It's like no, it's a mutual understanding. It's, that's just how it has to be. So now that you've made it this to this extent, which many people, and I'm gonna say this once again, gas, gas. But it's facts, though. It is. It's worth it. It is. You've made it this far. How much further are you trying to go? Like, what's the end goal here? Like, you got four degrees. You got it. So, I mean, there's a lot on my mind. So, like, for example, finishing this degree. Mm -hmm. Some days I think about being a doula, which is so far left, right? Other times I'm looking at postdocs, industry, the CBD industry in particular. Um, I'm considering... Do I want to go to a, a like a, a PhD program or an MD program that's for PhD students? So it's three mm-hmm. years. So there's like a lot of things that I think about consistently. But and I just want to be done at this point. Finish done and then do what? Life. And do what though? Like I, I, I want to continue to do research in the diaspora for sure. Um, I think it's important. Um, genetics is booming. It's a great business, and it also has. We need to be able to tell our own story and our own narrative mm-hmm. um, within genetics and ancestry and, ancestry and culture yeah. and uh, history. And so I think that genetics will be a great way to expound upon our rich history and our story and, and rewrite the narrative like that. We are dumb, sickly. And, you know, everybody is maybe not. be Well, everybody is from Africa, but not all black people in America came from Africa uh, m- most recently, let's say maybe the, maybe that's that's the best way to say it. No, for sure. And even and even getting people to understand um, that might have been the, a part of the original American, mm-hmm. your genetics might not look how it looked 400 years ago. Mm-hmm. So you might look more black because the last couple of people that you know your ancestors made it with were black. So like getting having those conversations and because African Americans and the diaspora in general doesn't have a lot of written history. And we were told our own history. I love answering those questions and doing the anthropology and stuff. You know, it's think, so cool. I think like that's super important because like 
it, that aspect of life doesn't really bother me because I'm someone who can go to 55 Pam Avenue in Lagos, Nigeria, mm -hmm. backyard, there's my family tree right there, engraved with every person who's ever had my name or bloodline mm -hmm. from day one. So let me tell you what's good. I have a friend, and I'm not gonna say his name because mm -hmm. we can't, because it's on the show. But he is Nigerian, mm -hmm. right? His uh, grandmother's dad was a white man in South Carolina, mm -hmm. but he thought all of his family mm -hmm. was from Nigeria. No, for sure. And there's there's literally like people who don't know like three chapters, three generations back mm -hmm. what happens. Mm -hmm. But like I've always employed like people to be like, don't spit in a cup and send it to some random office and then believe everything hype. Like Nigeria's model is is advanced enough now that they backtrack to villages the origins of certain people's uh like heritage and background and things of that nature, their genetic background. So go home, take a trip. I get tired of seeing people get a little money in black and go to a poor country in Mexico versus going to a poor country in Africa. You spend yeah. the same amount of money. Where, I'm, I get where the beaches at though? Lagos, Nigeria, VGC, the finest beaches in okay, the world. Okay. I, 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 Oceans for days. All right. But I'm saying, I'm also getting, like, I also get frustrated with, uh, we got lions, tigers, and bears in Africa, too. Quit going to Indonesia. Come come spend money on your own broke friends and family members. On your own broke friends and, okay. I mean, I'm just keeping it real. Like that, That's real, though. And it's like, and I have this, and it's just like, it's just that. Co Is it Mexico cheaper? It could be cheaper, but if you go if you go and do it for anybody, why not do it for your people? Do it for the people. For the people. Like, cause okay, let me be real. Let me be real. Okay. $1,500 was all I needed to get an Airbnb for three months in Nigeria. All my meals paid, all three square meals paid, car with a driver for eight hours. I got four outfits and I was able to tour the whole entire market for four hundred. Four outfits? Yeah. That's all you need for. I mean, that's I wanted to buy some, so. Oh. I I mean, I wore whatever I wanted. That's all like you. I brought, I brought my own clothes, <laughs> but like I'm saying, fifteen hundred. If you're going on vacation, you don't got fifteen hundred to spend. I went to Vegas and lost six thousand. So, like, what's your point? Again, I am a student. You could be donating to my scholarship funds if this is what you're doing with your money. Accountability, real friends. I'm going back to school, so I'm about to be a loser, just like everybody else. It's great. It's we're gonna be buddies. We're gonna be broke buddies. I'm about to be out, so, <laughs> so, I, so I can come rely on you. You're gonna be getting those adult calls, Jen. Got a conference in Washington. I need a place to stay. But socially, though, DC is different. How? It. Uh, I call it the fake city. You think it's a little pretentious? No, it is pretentious. Everyone thinks they're shit. Like the food here is so bland. No, 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 that's no, a lie. No, I'm that's no, a lie. I'm going that's to I'm going to speak some truth. That's I've had true. better Thai food in Lubbock, Texas. Look it up. <laughs> it's called Thai Pepper. I'll put up the Google rating right that's now. Not true. I'm I put I put my left testicle on it. Have you went to Thai Crossing? Yes. You have? Yes. You didn't like it? No. The experience? The ex no, I'm not there for experience. I'm there for food. You didn't like the food. I didn't. It was. It, it's not that I didn't like it. It just wasn't better. It wasn't for better. all the hype, like, and this is what I'm saying. I, I call it the fake city because it th it thinks it has to be expensive or flamboyant because it's DC. Like, no, you don't have to be like chilling out. We're talking about sixty dollars, like forty dollars nights. 
Like, that's some money right there. Parking and all that bullshit aside. Like, you can't even spend 40 if you, you to park. To park is 40 off top. So for you I hate when people try to act like D.C. is not as expensive as New York. Yes, it is. It is. Okay, if you're driving in New York, it's because you're an idiot. Yes. But you have to drive in D.C. You have to drive you in have D.C. You have to drive in D.C. Because mm-hmm. they're, even their their uh, metro station, you can't go from D.C. to Bethesda on one train. It's you can't. Expensive. Yeah, it's just too much. And I have a car. And, and uh, efficiency, consistency, and food. These are things that I will pay top dollar for. Yeah. I will pay to get them time. done right. But when I, it's time for me to do those things and I'm paying and it's still not done right, that's that's a headache to me. Like people are mad at me because I haven't gone to any of the museums or any of the uh, the bullshit. They're free though. They they are free, but getting there isn't, and that in itself is a headache to me. And everybody knows that I will gladly watch some shit on Google Maps before I venture out into this world to deal with a bunch of crazy people. It's just it's just not that important to me. It's just not, especially like since we got Agent Orange in office, it just takes the taste away from me. I will say that Baltimore is so black. I love it. Baltimore is like PB of the North for me. 8th Street? For me. 8th Street? When I was on 8th Street, this dude was trying to sell me weed. I said, damn, it feels good to be home. (laughs) I was like, I I just felt so safe. I love Baltimore. And Laurel has a, like, Laurel has a very, like, deep, Laurel, I didn't know this until I moved here. Laurel has the uh, most wealthiest black people in the country. PG County. When I moved here, I was like, <laughs> no. They kicking it. So I felt good to be among my people. And it's just, and I remember when I was talking to the realtor and I was moving out here. And it's like, yeah, you know, for what you're paying, you could definitely get close to work. I was like, yeah, but you know, the, the one thing I'm afraid of, he's like, no, what were you afraid of? Me coming home at three o'clock in the morning, jingling at a door, and an old white lady seeing me do it. Stop. I knew this was, this was going uh, in a crazy direction. So quick question. Since we're in Maryland, mm-hmm. have you seen... The Harrington movie? No. Are you going to watch it? Probably not. Why? You know, like, the Underground Railroad and her, her home is like, what? It's not like not her home, the, but the passageway yes. and her sanctuary. It's close by. The Dorchester County is right up the street. Yeah. You know, there's a part of me that's like, I want to see, like, a hyper-real version of it. Like, I get, I've, I've read the story. I've been taught it in school, and the, these movies never really just hit the nail on the head for me. It never tells the. Is that what it's about, though? Is it about like because so many people were disappointed, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, what did you see? I did. Did you like it? I did. But so listen, okay. I told people. I said it depends on the type of black person that you are okay. if you're going to be upset or not. I was like, the movie for me was so empowering mm-hmm. that I could get past certain things. Because it, I didn't feel like he was a white savior. I didn't. And, and that's what it, I was about to say. I didn't feel, I mean, the movie over overrode that for me. Okay. For me. Okay. And then, like, you have to put the white savior into context. Like, dudes told homie, don't kill her. I want her alive. And homie was, like, in his, you know, in his feelings mm-hmm. because she shot at him. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. So, I didn't feel like he was a white savior. The, the story, like, okay. As far as just going out to see it, for me to go see it, I feel like if I was still reviewing movies, I'd mm-hmm. be more inclined to do it. Okay. But, like, I'm also moving. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I get to Omaha and it's a Saturday night and I'm chilling, mm-hmm. yeah, I'll probably go see it. But, like, there's those movies with, with con- without context always vex me because there always seems to be that white savior in the movie at some point, which is annoying to me. 
and that's why I much rather see a hyper real version of it. Like uh, there's a great movie, uh, uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, the vampire movie. Mm-hmm. It's literally Abraham Lincoln and him doing the Emancipation Proclamation, and it's him fighting vampires to do it. We get the story, I get the gist, but like when you're giving context like that, everyone's gonna fixate on that. And now that I go to watch, if, when I go watch the movie, that's gonna be something because she yeah, is a strong. They've already said yeah, it. They've she's already said or it. she's a strong black woman. Let's talk about her. Right. It's a. It's her name's on it. That's the equivalent of someone saying, "Let's put on the back of the twenty dollar bill behind a dude that killed thousands of Native Americans." Mm-hmm. That's not. That's a false equivalency. I don't want that. You can keep the twenty. So that's my drill on it. I like to see black movies. Like, I'm, I'm passing our struggles. Right. I want to see us taking some shit out. Like, I'd much rather have just seen her be like, send her out to the Civil War and just let her go run crazy and just okay. run through her. Like, I want to see... A, it's not, it doesn't have to be real in context, but I want to start seeing us in a... In a in sort of... Life. Yeah. Like, the whole that's pain and struggle. And like, the slavery. Yeah. <laughs> like, my comic book is built off of that. Like, right. I made it in a, in a way that I wouldn't have to deal with... Like, no, dude walks up to an officer, officer says, put your hands where I can see him. He said, you put your hands where I can see him. It's just something I so want. So Queen is Slim. That's the movie I'm going to go see. I'm going to go see that. Too. I'm going to go see that. I'm 27th, I have my tickets. I'm ready. And it's kind of weird that those two movies came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because it almost says to a group of people like, no, we're tired of hearing about this. Yes. Show me the one where the dude did everything right and he sold out for the girl. Yes. I want to know where she know. went to blow for him. Yes. Met his ass on Tinder. Yes. And went to blow for him. Yes. I want that. Yes. I need that. Black love doc. Okay. Yeah. It was crushed. I want to see I'm that. I'm excited. Because that's, that's real to me. So... Uh, I listened to the Breakfast Club interview mm-hmm. with uh, Lena White, is that her name? Yeah. The writer, the director. And she said that this is not Bonnie and Clyde, this is Malcolm and Martin. And I was like, that's so dope because, you know, we always referencing like a Marilyn Monroe and mm-hmm. say Dorothy Dandridge. Yeah. Like, so to hear like, you put this couple up as Malcolm and, and Martin and they're going to ride out yeah. off of Tinder. And and it's, I think the I think the previews did a great job of illustrating that because you can immediately tell who Malcolm is and you can tell who Martin is. Mm-hmm. You can tell who has the aggression and why he's willing to go to such lengths. But it's also important to speak about how important the, their dynamic was right. in culture. It's it's a, it's a your ability to look at people and say like no, no matter how you choose to get your liberation or your freedom. You're going to need a mixture of both. And yes. I think that's what this is telling so us is you need a mixture of both. You need to be a little bit resilient and a little bit uh, have the capacity to push back. I tell officers all the time to pull me over. I'm not afraid of writing tickets. I can pay that now on my phone. What I'm afraid of is you thinking you about to get away with some shit. Or you being scared of me because if you really scared of me, then what you, I mean, you could do I tell you. officers all the time if you look shaky. I'm not talking to you till you call back up. You look nervous. It's just, you have to understand. like Because yeah. if, if, if you do it right, they'll kill you. If you do it wrong, they'll kill you. So you got to do it your way. Yeah. You got to do it your way. So so I have another question. Oh, man. She interviewing me. We I two know. Two. So this is my question. Mm-hmm. Because moving to D.C., yeah. very, very culturally diverse, right? Yes. Um, where we went to college, not so much. Yeah. But one thing that I don't think I really realized until I got to DC was the different level of pride, the different level of the diaspora, like just really understanding it. And I say that because you were Nigerian. Mm-hmm. You went to school with what you would call black Americans. Mm-hmm. Did you ever feel out of place? And I asked because when I explained to my friends up here, like 
my Nigerian friends at home, I never, they were always black to me. Like, and that's not like a diss. No. It was like we were all the same. No, so sure. did you feel different? Because I think different people and different, depending on where you grew up, it was, no, for it was sure. a unique experience. I think that part of my life was in high school. Mm-hmm. In high school, in, like I'm always grateful for the high school I went to. I went to a half black, half white school, mm-hmm. Thorn Fractional North. But like I had a camaraderie and I think it doesn't really play well for me because I was, I was Niger- I was always known as the Nigerian kid. Okay. Always known. Okay. So it was, it was something that took. But the thing that I had going for me was I was also the Nigerian kid who was doing well in school and had forty-four colleges come to my high school to look at me play football and wrestling. So like everyone was like, everyone's parent, everyone's mom would be like, "Why aren't you hanging out with Hero more? Or why don't you? Why aren't you being with Hero and like so and so and so and this?" So I was always looked at like I've literally thrown house parties. As in high school, police show up. I answer the door, and they're like, "Oh, Hero, you're here. Uh, we got a noise complaint. Uh, we'll, we'll tell them that you came out and that uh, you guys are packing up. We'll be done in like an hour." And they're like, "Yeah, go ahead, cool." Like, or we've been pulled over, got caught behind the bleachers with alcohol and stuff. And I don't drink, but everybody be like, "You know, put they'll put the bottles down, officer. See, oh, Hero's here. All right, we're good." So I've always had that luxury of being that person that, that dude that people want to gravitate to. Okay. When I went to college, no different. Like I was the freshman. It was only two freshmen that started. Mm-hmm. It was me and Ray. And like our, our names blew up. And mm-hmm. from there we had all 32 NFL teams showing up. I remember I remember when they came and grabbed me out of chemistry class, like the Eagles. They were like, yeah, can we have a word with you? And I looked at Dr. Rice and he was like, yeah, okay, you better go make your money. Go and, make your money. And I went with that. So from that point, I never really saw myself as like people would. You would have to know. You didn't know Hero as an African American. You mm-hmm. all like my me being Nigerian was always something you knew about. Mm-hmm. Like it was if you came to my dorm room, it was a flag on the wall. If it was uh, the outfits I wore, like I would wear my shoker toes on campus. Like before people started wearing dashikis, I had my shoker toes on in the calf. Fish Friday, what's good? Like, Fish Friday. But do you feel like you got treated differently? Do you feel like there was a difference? In, in blackness because I feel like there was a I was treated differently by people older than me okay I feel like parents treated me different okay. like my American friend black friends parents always kind of looked at me in a sense of man you're doing, doing something some, yeah, yeah, yeah like gotcha. and I and my friends took it as I think my friends always took it as well, he's always been genuine to me. Yeah. Like, it's, he's ne- it's never been rubbed Definitely. in your face. Like, it wasn't like when I'm calling you, when I'm calling you and I'm on the bus uh, on my way to Atlanta, I'm like, hey, uh, I didn't get this email about the classwork. Can you send it to me? It wasn't mm-hmm. like, hey, could you do this homework for me? Like, right. I never, I never made it my business to be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a student athlete, but right. I'm gonna make this student do my work for me. Like, I was no. always <laughs> humble about it. Like, I was and always you brought good content. Yeah, like you brought good discussion. So in you my, did things for us. It, we held each other down. down. <laughs> so like I feel like ultimately the people I didn't give people a chance to treat me any different. Okay. Because I always presented myself as wow, who I am. Wow, I didn't give people a chance. Come on, Ayanla. I'm like my life. I think it's super important for you to be able to state like state your ground early and often because I think those night the, the the situation you're looking at are the Nigerians or Nigerians who try to blend in, and blending in isn't mm-hmm. it doesn't work, especially when because you don't think it's your real self in a way and not like saying you're being fake but 
If no, you you're are. Nigerian, no, call it what it is. You're call real. it that. Yeah. That's who I am. That's my pride. That's my flag. That's my you know tribe. Yeah, I tell people all the time. Like I go to like. Uh, there's no point in me sitting here trying to impress you. If you're not impressed by what I've done thus far, yeah. it's, it's, it's non-void. Like, there's something important about you being honest about yourself and internalizing your own happiness. I've always been happy with who I am. So I have no one else to please other than that. And if you're not happy with that, then, I mean, I haven't, I'm not in jail. I don't, my credit score ain't in the trash. Like, what, I got a house, like, I, cars paid off. Like, what did I do wrong that made you think, negatively of me and i've always like taking that to heart you like podcast and talk about people i do yeah i do i do be calling people out on this podcast but that's okay because you can come here and talk about it air your grievances and your grievances you want okay. to air your grievances and everything you want but for right now you know i think that's a good note to leave up on for this episode okay i think you did no but give, let's just give a clap for jet right here you know she came on the podcast you did it how did it complete your first podcast i feels great i'm not as nervous as i thought i was gonna no, be. oh you did great i didn't cuss as many times as i i have 13 I here would. but you know you're good <laughs> and baby bear is here with us so no, we're definitely we're great. so where can they find you uh you got you it. know what yeah i you can find me at africanbloodlines.com is that real thing? It is. That's my website for for the work that I do. Okay, okay. Um, you can find. I should really give my tip. You yeah. can find me on Instagram at Ivy Lee I V Y L E I G H. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram Afri- at African Bloodline. You say you want to start a podcast one day. Listen, I told my friend it was gonna be called Three Blind Mice because <laughs> we want. And she was like, "I ain't no rat," and I was like, <laughs> "All right, cool." But we want to talk. We don't want to, you know, people to know who we are because we're gonna. Give the real, real. Yeah, you, okay, it's gonna be an anonymous podcast. I yeah. like that. So we'll see if that happens. I'm gonna put it all but I'm telling people now, so we probably go. We probably go. Well, this is only. Faces. This is only going to be for whoever watches. No, this. I'm gonna shout you out because you know I'm. I'm fly. I got a lot of followers. Oh snap! Hey, we blowing up. Hey, we finally That's what it. you said. I'm just. I'm hey, gassing you now. I appreciate it. So. <laughs> We gonna, I think we're going to probably do another show. We'll see how long I can keep her here locked up in my basement. I got alcohol for her, so I'm going to see how long I can. Stop touching your recording. <laughs> but for the meantime, in between time, this has been the Identity Booth. Uh, we constantly try to identify with you as you identify with us. Thank you so much for being here with us. Like, share, subscribe. I probably didn't say that in the beginning, but you know the routine, y'all. Y'all got the routine down pat. Uh, we'll see you guys in a little bit. Take care of yourself. Welcome to Space Oh, that's my tag. Well done. Well you done. had fun. I had fun with you too, friend. Good.